Welcome back everyone once again to Bell to Bell, the pro wrestling podcast where I break down everything that happened in the past week of WWE television from Monday Night Raw through to NXT. Uh, let's just get straight into it, starting of course with Raw, which opened with Kurt Angle, he had the entire Raw roster up on the entrance ramp, he was standing in the ring. Uh, he said that Shane took things too far last week with his whole under siege thing, he apologises to them. That sort of starts to make assurances that he won't let that happen again. Stephanie McMahon comes out, it's the first time we've seen Stephanie since WrestleMania I believe they said. She sort of says that's not a good way to start the show, so she does a big sort of welcome to Monday Night Raw thing. She starts hyping the 25th anniversary show of Raw, which is in January, and said that Kurt has actually been doing a great job as general manager, and she and that he's earned Stephanie's respect until he let Shane put Raw under siege last week. He says that uh, Shane is shallow and conniving, and that Kurt has always lived by the three eyes, integrity, inten- intensity, and intelligence, and that maybe he should add a fourth eye, incompetence, but that uh, Stephanie is going to give him an opportunity to make up for up to her and that he will be the t- captain of Team Raw and that if he loses, she will be looking for a new general manager. We'll cut to the break. After the break, we see Stephanie, Stephanie Man. she's getting into her limo to leave. Kurt Angle's sort of still apologising and saying he won't let her down. As her limo leaves, another limo pulls in. It's The Miz. He's unhappy to learn that Kurt Angle is the captain of Team Raw. Kurt Angle's sort of pissed at him for showing up late. Says, where were you last week when Raw was under siege? And that you you might not even make it to Survivor Series. You'll be defending your Intercontinental Championship tonight. And if you'd been here on time, I would have let you know who your opponent is. But for now, you'll just have to go and find out in the ring. So that match happens later on. First match of the night, though, is set to be Bailey versus Alicia Fox. Alicia Fox comes out in a captain's hat because she's the captain of Team Raw. It was great. Uh, she says that uh, Bailey's waiting in the ring for her. She says that uh, as team captain, she has a lot of important work to be doing. She doesn't have time for this match, but she's found a suitable replacement. The returning Nia Jax. Uh, pretty decent match, quite a short match actually. Nia Jax picks up the win with the leg drop, and Alicia Fox then tells her that she is her first pick for Team Raw on the women's team. Almost immediately after that, like Alicia Fox and Nia Jax are still standing on the ramp. Samoa Joe comes out. The crowd is absolutely hot for Joe. They're chanting Joe. They're all they love Joe. Uh, Joe comes down the ring, says, "Some of you may have missed me, but he hasn't missed the fans. That nobody reached out to him while he was injured." And he's using their disrespect as fuel, and that from now on he'll be telling each and every one of his opponents is everyone in the WWE universe. Uh, speaking of opponents, Apollo Cruz comes out. This is will be Joe's first opponent since his injury. Uh, Joe wins quite handily with the Coquina clutch, uh, basically murdered Apollo Cruz. Uh, Titus O'Neil sort of gets in Joe's face after I think during the match. Uh, Titus O'Neil had, or Samoa Joe had spat at Titus, so he's sort of hot from that. Uh, Joe sort of goes to back off, uh, Titus O'Neil turns around to check on Apollo Crews and then Joe looks like a Kukina clutch in on him as well. Good to see Jim Samoa Joe back, Samoa Joe is great. So time for the Intercontinental title match and it's The Miz versus Matt Hardy. A uh, really good match this actually, uh, Miz ultimately ends up retaining with the skull crushing finale. I think there was some shenanigans on the part of Bo Dallas and Kurt Sachs, but not too much. But yeah, really fun match. After that we get uh, Kurt and Alexa Bliss backstage. Alexa's sort of trying to butter Kurt up and for some reason once Mickey James kicked off the Raw women's team for reasons not entirely sure why uh, but then Kurt sort of does a one honour and says no you'll be defending your women's championship tonight against Mickey James so with a title match coming up that's actually the main event of Raw which is nice after that we get Asuka in a squash match squash, ma- squash match against uh, Stacey Cullen uh, yeah just Asuka murdering a woman in a couple of seconds it was fun after that we get Kurt backstage in his office, he's on his phone, he sort of looks off screen and panics, uh, turns out it's Daniel Bryan, he's there, 
he's not there to sort of siege, he's actually there to apologise and say that he didn't know what Shane was going to do last week. Uh, Kurt says he's sort of going, there, there will be a retaliation. He tells basically Brian to wait in his office because you never know what could happen outside there. A lot of really angry Ross superstars, basically. Uh, we come back from break and Brian's still in Kurt's office. He's on the phone to somebody, says he's actually logged in. Uh, all of a sudden the lights go out and then Kane appears and he chokeslams Daniel Bryan. When I say chokeslam, it looks actually more like they just sort of moved the camera to look like he chokeslammed him. I highly doubt that he would even let Daniel Bryan take a chokeslam at this point. So, yeah, it was good stuff. Uh, up next was uh, Finn Balor versus Cesaro. A really good match here. Uh, Finn actually overcoming the odds with a lot of interference from Sheamus uh, with the coup de grace to the back of the neck of Cesaro. He's sort of up and bent over. Uh, after the match, uh, Kane comes out and tombstones Finn on top of the stage and heads down to the ring for his match with Seth Rollins, which Kane wins with a chokeslam. Uh, he goes for another chokeslam, Dean Ambrose makes the save, hits a dirty deeds, uh, a couple of seconds later Kane sets up, uh, Seamus and Cesaro come in, they jump Dean Ambrose, and Kane hits a tombstone on Dean. Seth Rollins sort of tries to come back but he gets taken out as well, and he eats a tombstone as well. After that we get uh, scenes of Daniel Bryan being stretchered out following Kane's attack in Kurt Angle's office. Uh, following up with that we see Miz with Bo Dallas and Kurt Saxel backstage. They're heading to Miz's locker room to celebrate his championship victory. Uh, when they get there they find that there's a big pile of garbage that has been left sitting in the middle of Miz's locker room. Miz starts panicking because, oh dear god, Braun's back, so Kurt Saxel and Bo Dallas sort of manage to calm him down, saying that they've got his back. After that we see the ring being sort of all Halloweened up for the Trick or Street fight, the annual tradition of Halloween Raws. It's usually quite fun. Uh, so after that we see Mez, he's found Kian, he sort of tries to rope Kian in to help protect him from Strowman. Uh, Kian says that if Strowman does come back, sort of he knows where to find him, but that Mez is on his own. Which leads us into this Trick or Street, the Trick or Street fight, which saw Heath Slater and Rhino, who were dressed as Santa and Mrs. Claus respectively, versus uh, Gallows and Anderson, who were dressed as their Southpaw regional wrestling characters, Tex Ferguson and Chad Too Bad. Uh, really short, dumb, fun match. Uh, Slater and Rhino pick up the win after, I think it was, Gallows and Anderson had Rhino on the, on, they'd set up a table in the ring, they had Rhino put on it. For some reason they both decided to put pumpkins on their own heads, but Gallows put his on backwards so he couldn't see, which allowed Rhino to sort of recover and slam Anderson through the table for the win. It was fun. After that we get Miz uh, with Seamus and Cesaro backstage. Again, there he's sort of trying to get rope people in to protect him from Braun's vengeance. Uh, the bar don't believe that Braun is back so soon after being crushed to death in a garbage truck. But uh, even if he is, the Miz is on his own. After that we get Elias, he sings a song with Jason Jordan, gets interrupted by Jason Jordan, who this time dodges a guitar attack, uh, hits a belly to belly, which sort of roll, Elias rolls out of the ring and he flees, and then Jason Jordan smashes Elias's guitar. Truly the day the music died. So after that we see Miz, he's in a panic, he's getting ready to leave, he's got his bags ready. Uh, Kurt stops him saying that, no, you were here late and you're going to stay till the end of the show, or else. The vague threat of or else. So after that we see uh, Enzo Amore with Drew Gulak, they come out for, I think Drew, uh, Drew Gulak has a match. Uh, Gulak sort of cuts uh, an Enzo style promo saying there's only one word for Kalisto and he's going to spell it out, it's S-O-F-T soft, which is just hilarious because Drew Gulak is great, which leads us into Kalisto versus Drew Gulak. Uh, Kalisto wins fairly quickly with a Salida del, Salida del Sol and then is immediately attacked by Enzo post-match. 
Uh, we go backstage once again. We see Mez. He's unhappy about having to still be there, but he says, sort of tells Curtis Axel and Bo Dallas to get his car ready. Tell the driver to just keep the car running. They're leaving as soon as the show is over, which leads us into the main event, which is Alexa Bliss versus Mickey James for the Royal Women's title. Another really good match here. Alexa Bliss picks up the win. Ultimately, retains the title. We then cut immediately to seeing the Miz. He's getting ready to leave. He sort of runs out to the parking lot, gets into his limo, but the limo is blocked by a garbage truck which backs up to right in front of the limo. It dumps out its garbage in front of the car, and then Braun sort of emerges from the trash pile like a sort of giant bearded Oscar the Grouch. He then gives chase to Miz. He actually runs over the top of the limo to give chase. Out to the arena, he takes out the Miz trash, he throws Miz around. Throws Axel and Budalis down the ramp. Miz tries to escape. He gets thrown down the ramp into the ring as well. He eats a power slam. Uh, no, Curtis Axel eats a power slam even. And then two more power slams. No, three more power slams even. Uh, which gives Biz and Budalis time to run away. Uh, Strowman picks Curtis Axel up and onto his one shoulder, carries him up the ramp and power slams him through the table to close out Raw. So yeah, big night of returns. We had the return of Budalis. We had the return of... Stephanie McMahon, we had the return of Braun Strowman, we had the return of Samoa Joe, and yeah, it was just a really fun show, and sort of all those bits where sort of one segment led straight into another, sort of gave it a really nice uh, pace to it, which we don't always get. Moving on to Smackdown Live, which opened with Shane McMahon, said that uh, Smackdown has always been looked at as the inferior brand, and that he was trying to change that, and he made a statement with Under Siege last week, he said that there'll be hell to pay for Brian, Daniel Bryan, and that Shane is now the team captain for Smackdown. First match of the night is Bobby Roode versus Dolph Ziggler in the two out of three falls match, which is also a Survivor Series team qualifying match. Uh, Dolph picks up the first fall with a super kick. Uh, we actually see during the break that Bobby Roode picked up the second fall just with a roll up, and then he ultimately picks up the third fall as well for the win with the glorious DDT. Really good match, <coughs> Sorry. as you would expect from these two. And then we got a post match interview in the ring with, Bob, with Bobby Roode basically just saying SmackDown up, Raw down and that whoever joins the team better have the same passion and drive to win as him, Orton and Shane. And we get uh, one more qualifier tonight and then there's another qualifier announced for next week but we'll get to that when we get to it. So after that we see the New Day there milling about backstage. Uh, Big E's dressed as Akeem, Kofi Kingston's dressed as Brother Love and Xavier Woods is dressed as Jimmy Hart. Uh, they come across Rusev and Aiden English, they offer Rusev some candy, but uh, Rusev doesn't like Halloween, he says it's more important it's Rusev Day, uh, Aiden English starts to sing, and then Rusev actually starts stumping on Biggie's candy, Biggie gets fired up and he challenges Rusev to a match, which Rusev accepts. After that we see Becky Lynch backstage with her Survivor Series team, she's sort of trying to hype them up. Uh, get them all on the same page for Survivor Series and Talia comes in and starts sort of insinuating that maybe Charlotte is the weak link or maybe it's Naomi sort of for some reason trying to spread the seeds of doubt within the team to no benefit of her own but whatever after that we get Baron Corbin versus Sin Cara uh, match starts with a lot of Baron Corbin sort of working over and trying to take off the mask of Sin Cara this mightily pisses off Sin Cara and he just lays into Corbin they end up outside the ring Sin Cara's just on him just the crap out of him. Uh, they don't get counted out though, the match gets declared a no contest for some reason. Uh, at one point, Sinkara actually throws Baron Corbin over the announce desk and then throws an office chair at him like Braun did to Roman a while ago. Not as forceful a throw, but still. Uh, though Baron Corbin manages to escape, and yeah, it was just weird. Sinkara just absolutely looking like a complete badass against US champion Baron Corbin. I don't see him picking up the title before Survivor Series, but the, this program will get put on hold for Survivor Series and then maybe 
after Survivor Series, maybe at the Rumble, we'll see Sin Cara probably pick up the United States title, which would be fun, because I quite like Sin Cara. After that, we get an Usos interview. They say they've proved they have the SmackDown ta live tag team division on lock, and they're going to prove at Survivor Series that they are the A-team. Uh, Gable and Benjamin come in saying that, uh, in case you've forgotten, it's the tag team champions who will be facing Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose at Survivor Series, and that the Usos have to defend their titles against Gable and Benjamin next week, which would be a good match. After that, we get the Jinder Mahal and the Sings come out. Jinder uh, says that he was unfairly ejected last week for f out of fear of what he would do to AJ Styles. And that Brock Lesnar should have the same fear, and at Survivor Series, Jinder will be the Beast Master. Which leads us into AJ Styles versus Samir Singh. AJ Styles wins again in very quick fashion with the Styles Clash, but gets immediately jumped by Jinder and Sunil, and eats two classes for his trouble. After that we get Sammy and Owens backstage, uh, they're unhappy about uh, Shane being the team captain and Orton being Sammy last week for the low blow, but uh, Owens promises he will beat Shinsuke Nagamura tonight, qualify for the team, lead Smackdown to victory and then leverage that to make Smackdown Live full Sammy said at the Kevin and Sammy show and as Owens said at the Sammy and Kevin show. After that we get another weird awkward Bludgeon Brothers promo video and then following that we have Rusev vs Big E. Uh, Ian English sings a song about how Halloween's not great into the Rusev Day theme which gets interrupted by the New Day. Uh, fun match, this sort of descends into a bit of chaos and in the midst of all the nonsense Rusev picks up the win with the super kick to the back of the head which is my new favourite move. After that we get a Sin Cara interview just talking about how important his mask is to him and how basically Baron Corbin fucked with the wrong guy when he fucked with Sin Cara. After that we get uh, Aiden English and Rusev backstage with Shane. Rusev wants to be part of the Smackdown Live Survivor Series team. Uh, Shane says you can't just get that, you have to earn that opportunity and that next week he has an opportunity. He has to. He will be facing AJ Styles next week and the winner will be the final member of Team Smackdown. Following the qualifier match that's the main event of tonight's show. Uh, after that we get the latest edition of the Fashion Files, this time it was Stranger or Things. I don't think this was as strong as some of the past entries. I feel like the sort of... there was less of a connection between the ongoing sort of briefcase, briefcase plot and the Stranger Things based jokes. Those sort of felt more separate than they have in past uh, parodies and stuff, but it was still decent. And Ty Dellinger showing, drop, showing up dressed not as 11, but as 10 was quite funny, but yeah. I don't think they said specifically what the next one was going to be. I think whatever they said at the end of it did sort of hint to it, but we didn't get the same thing where we saw the sort of title card for what was coming, but I'm sure it'll be fun. Which leads us into our main event, which is Kevin Owens versus Shinsuke Nakamura in another Survivor Series SmackDown Live team qualifying match. Uh, Shinsuke ultimately picked up the win here with a Kinshasa after Sami had sort of continuously tried to interfere on Owens' behalf. It cleared the announce table for Owens, but then Randy Orton appeared and hit his big sort of back body drop onto the table with Sami and that distraction gave Shinsuke enough time to hit a big enziguri and then the Kinshasa for the win. Good stuff. Moving on to 205 Live we have Drew Gulak. Uh, he has a plan for a better Halloween and he will be presenting it in the form of a PowerPoint presentation. Uh, slide number one is no candy, slide number two is no trick-or-treating and unfortunately before we can see what slide number three is he gets interrupted by Akira Tozawa, continues to just break all of the rules for a better 205 Live, never mind Halloween. Uh, decent match this, Tozawa picks up the win with the top rope senton bomb. After that we get uh, Rich Swan and Cedric Alexander backstage. Uh, Cedric sort of says that if 
that uh, after calling Rich Swans clown last week, if Brian Kenrick and Jack Gallagher want to see a clown, maybe they should give them clowns, which leads us into Brian Kenrick versus Rich Swan. Uh, Cedric Alexander comes out with his face painted as a clown. Rich Swan comes out having gone the whole distance. He's face painted in a full clown outfit. Uh, fun match. The clown stuff was quite funny. And Rich Swan ultimately picked up the win with the middle rope Phoenix Splash. Uh, throughout the show, we've got a couple of sort of cheesy Halloween-themed promos from Grand Metalik and Mustafa Ali, uh, leading into the main event, which was the Fright Night Fatal Four Way. We didn't get ones like the sort of pre-taped backs or pre-taped against a random sort of backdrop interviews. We didn't get ones for the other two competitors, Ari Davari and Tony Nice. For some reason, usually if you're getting those sort of interviews promos, you usually get them from all the competitors, but we didn't get them this time. Uh, the match starts uh, with. It was yes, it was Mustafa Ali sort of trying to get everyone to eat a piece of candy for some reason. Grand Metal League does, he lifts his mask up a bit. Ari Davari goes for it. Obviously, Tony Nace doesn't, he doesn't eat candy, he says you shouldn't be eating candy either. And that's how the match starts. Uh, there were some good, funny spots in this match. Uh, at one point, uh, Davari and Tony Nace were sort of working together. They get uh, Mustafa Ali sort of in the tree of position on the corner. And Tony Nace starts doing setups, but as he's doing, as he's setting up, Ari or Davari's handing him a pumpkin, which he then throws at Ali in the corner. It was quite funny. There was a few other good stuff throughout the match, uh, which ultimately ended with Mustafa Ali picking up the win with a broomstick-assisted leg drop from the top rope onto Ari Davari. Like I said, it was just a bit of fun. There was no real story progression here. It was just Halloween-based laughs. It was probably the strongest Halloween-themed match of the week. The uh, Trick or Street fight on Raw was a bit short and we didn't really get one on Smackdown outside of just the fact that Big E was dressed as a king for his match with Rusev Moving on, time for NXT which opened with Tainara Conti I can't remember, Moro pronounces it differently and it's probably how it's meant to be pronounced but I can't remember what it is off the top of my head and I probably wouldn't be able to pronounce it anyway, it's like Conchi maybe something like that, uh, but she was taking on Nikki Cross, uh, fun match this Nikki Cross ultimately picks up the win with the Fisherman Neckbreaker After that we see a, an interview recorded last week with Mercedes Martinez. Uh, she says she's disappointed that she didn't qualify for the Women's Championship match at TakeOver. Uh, she's then asked who she thinks will win. She says she doesn't know who she thinks will win. She couldn't possibly say, but she does know who won't win, definitely. And that's Ember Moon. Says that she's always sort of choked on the big matches. So I don't know, maybe that's going to set up some sort of rivalry there. That'd be quite fun. They're both great. After that, we get uh, Fabian Eichner. Uh, I think this is the first we've seen him since the fantastic match he had with Cassie Sono a few weeks ago. Uh, this time he's taking on Johnny Gargano, and it's another fantastic match. Uh, this time Eichner actually manages to pick up the win. He sort of counters Gargano, goes for the Gargano escape submission, but Eichner manages to counter it into a pin for the win. And yeah, it was another great showing for Fabian Eichner. I'm a big fan of his. Doesn't seem to have lost sort of any of the speed or quickness he showed in the Cruiserweight Classic since bulking up to, I think the city's 222 pounds now. And yeah, hopefully big things on the horizon for Fabian Eichner, a big fan of him. Um, really vicious looking powerbomb during the match as well. And I'm a big fan of powerbombs. There's not enough powerbombs in wrestling these days. After that we see uh, Drew McIntyre backstage in William Regal's office. He's signing his part of the contract for the TakeOver title match against uh, Andrade Cien Almas. After that we see a video outside the performance centre of the Street Profits, they're sort of admiring this uh, fancy looking Maserati. Uh, turns out it's Tino Sabatelli's and he wants the Street Profits to step away from his car. He sort of makes fun of their cheap jewellery and stuff so we're probably going to see that as a feud next. Or 
that'll just bleed into the Dusty Classic, which should be starting soon. Come the thing of it, because I always thought it ended at the Survivor Series takeover last year. No, it started by now. Hmm, maybe they're not doing it this year. Who knows? After that, we see Drew. He comes out for the contract signing to get Andrade's signature on the contract. He gets jumped on top at the top of the ramp by Andrade Almas, who does sign the contract and actually sticks it to Drew with a piece of Zelina Vega's chewing gum, which was a nice touch. After that, we see a, a sort of earlier today in the Performance Center video with Peyton Royce and Billy Kay. They're unhappy about Billy, Clay, Billy Kay losing the Battle Royal last week, and they start making fun of Kyrie Sane and her whole pirate thing. She appears behind them and then sort of scares them, does the shows them her elbow thing. And then we find out that uh, Kyrie Sane will be taking on Billy Kay next week. Main event time, and it's sanity. It's uh, Eric Young and Alexander Worth versus the Offers of Pain for the tag team titles. As stipulated last week, Killian Dean is barred from ringside. Uh, really fun match, this. Uh, looked like Offers of Pain were set to retain, become only the second ever two time tag team champions in NXT following the Ascension. Uh, hit the super collider on, I think it was Alexander Wolf to go for the pin. And then just before the free count, they get jumped by the Undisputed Era. Uh, they start beating up everyone, as we've seen before. Uh, Killian Dean, he then runs out to help Sanity, but he gets taken out by just the numbers game. Uh, we then see Roderick Strong comes out. He actually he has the armband he was given last week. He puts it on. And then the other three members of the Undisputed Era, they lift up, I think it was Alexander Wolf again. Sort of, sort of asking Roddy to basically hit him with a knee or something like that. Instead, it turns out it was a ruse. Uh, Roderick Strong actually attacks Adam Cole, but immediately gets jumped by Kyle, Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish. Uh, sort of, in that that uh, Adam Cole he jumps out of the ring at this point. Uh, the Offers of Pain they recover, they help Roderick Strong and sort of clear out the ring. Uh, William Regal comes out. He's absolutely fuming. He says, "This has gone on long enough. It's enough," and that. It's going to be settled at TakeOver. It's going to be the Sanity versus the Undisputed Era versus the Offers of Pain and Roderick Strong in a triple threat match, but it won't just be any triple threat match. It'll be a match so dangerous we haven't seen it in 20 years. It'll be two rings, one cage. That's right, at NXT TakeOver Houston, it's going to be War Games. As he's doing this, and it was all taken from a very wide shot, usually whenever William Regal's at the top of the ramp speaking, it's sort of quite close up on him. But that's because you see the NXT TakeOver Houston logo behind him on the screen, and it morphs into the TakeOver War Games logo that we've already seen back whenever it was first announced that we would be getting War Games. Really looking forward to that. I like the sort of fake out of Roddy putting on the armband and then turning on them immediately. And yeah, War Games should be fun. Really looking forward to that. I think so far the matches we've got for TakeOver are solid. I think during this we got announced the formal announcement that we're getting Alistair Black versus Velveteen Dream as well. So you have that. You have the four-way for the Women's Championship. Uh, Ember Moon, Peyton Royce, Nikki Cross, and Kyrie Sane. You have uh, Drew McIntyre versus Andrade Almas. And then you have War Games. Don't know if that'll be the main event or not, or if they'll stick the sort of tradition and keep the title match. You'd think with being TakeOver War Games, they'll probably put the War Games match as the main event, which I'd be fine with. So, yeah, that'll do it for this week. It was another really fun, solid week with just enough sort of Halloween goofery to lighten the mood. And yeah, the big returns on Raw really helped, and just SmackDown was fun, and 205 Live was goofy as ever, and NXT was great. So that'll do it. If you've been listening on YouTube, uh, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Uh, if you're listening on SoundCloud, like and share. 
if you want to get in contact there's the at Bell to Bell pod Twitter there's also the Bell to Bell Pro Wrestling Podcast Facebook page you can of course also leave a comment on YouTube so yes that'll do it thank you for listening see you next week goodbye <laughs>